you need to get your feet wet into anything and everything that you possibly can be um, involved with. What's up, Ukraine Media family? Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to episode number two of the Ukraine Media podcast, where I serve our Ukraine Media community with interviews from highly creative people every Tuesday and Thursday. Today's guest is Amy Bruss. Amy is a talented motion graphics designer. She's currently working for the Christian Broadcasting Network, also known as CBN. Amy moved from negative 40 Minnesota winters to 40 degree Virginia winters. Wow, Amy, quite a contrast. Amy, welcome to the show. Feel free to fill in the gaps from the intro and tell us a little about your personal life. Hey, thanks for having me. As you said, I'm a full-time motion graphic designer as well as a freelance uh, designer as well on the side. So um, what I do is I work for an in-house department at CBN where we do all sorts of motion graphics for different ministries. So 700 Club, 700 Club Interactive, and Orphan's Promise. The work ranges from broadcast rebranding, social media updates for news, or even uh, some even visual effects projects for CBN documentaries as well. Aside from that, with the freelance, I work for different agencies uh, that contract me for, say, uh, editing projects or some different motion graphics pieces for online and uh, maybe some graphic design stuff as well. So, What's it like working in a nonprofit world for a religious, uh, I guess, organization? What's your experience like? It's humbling. It's a fast-paced environment, but everyone's humble about it. I work with a great team and, uh, and we're like, say, if we're boggled down with a project and uh, we need some help, um, I'll ask my coworker and uh, uh, they'll take up some of the slack, like help me with a, so- with a social media post or uh, with an animation. Or if I have any questions about anything, I can schedule meetings um, off the cuff and be able to meet with even the VP of, say, CBN News or 700 Club, and we can talk over some ideas. It's a great environment in terms of, like, Everything surrounding Christ. Every day uh, we get together for prayer, and that start, that starts our day at nine a.m. Well, you and I both have something in common because I worked for a nonprofit organization, the Billy Graham Evangelical Association, Evangelistic Association. I always get it wrong, but I'm the same <laughs> way. Like they start, they started off with prayer, a little devotion, and then I love the environment. Definitely will miss that. It was very encouraging. It was, it was very forgiving too. Every time, if you do mess up, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of grace. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. There is grace. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, I also say, too, it's a great environment if you're just starting out, to tell you the truth. Like, when I first graduated school and I was looking for uh, full-time employment, I sent out an application to CBN. I saw that they were looking for some full-time motion graphics work, and uh, a month or two later, they flew me down for an interview and offered me the job. I'm still learning, still. It's a great environment to get started in, especially if you're just graduated or if you're new to the world because there's great opportunities to learn as you said it's a forgiving environment no it's true and i had an opportunity to work in different atmospheres and and secular uh, environment there's drinking party and all that stuff so i guess if you're looking for something that's kind of morally sound i guess nonprofit world would be would be for you i enjoyed it i had so much fun i made so many friends everyone truly cares and i feel like people work super super hard because they're not just working for the man 
you know, they're working for uh, for God. And so the kind of work that they do is just beautiful. It's amazing. Now, there's so much within CBN that you do. You wear so many hats. What do you enjoy doing the most? I enjoy doing a lot of branding projects. Uh, recently, actually, it was a couple, actually, it was a year or two ago, back in 2016, we did uh, a rebranding project for the elections uh, back in election 2016. Um, uh, that was a great project. We did a whole bunch of transitions. We did a whole bunch of social media campaigns and uh, it turned out very well. Currently, we actually, I, there's nothing public about it just yet, but uh, CBN, no, 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 there is, it is public. It just launched this last Monday. We just did a rebrand for CBN News as well. And uh, we got up to date, like more social media friendly. Everything is uh, very readable. And uh, we got designed new lower thirds, designed transitions. We designed uh, new opens for the different shows in CBN News, as well as uh, uh, updating and well as uh, keeping up with the social media, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram type of stuff. What's the process like do, when you design these things? Do you guys first uh, start out with just uh, sketching things out? I'm curious, how does the process work at CBN? The process, um, you uh, develop as you go. Every project, it is always different. I'll bring up the CBN News rebrand, for example. So the process starts with a meeting with the with the vice president of the of news, uh, Rob Allman. Uh, he explains that uh, it's time for an update with the branding of CBN News, and uh, he usually meets with our creative director, Tim, and he pitches ideas, uh, they collaborate, and from Tim our creative director, he assigns it to one of the designers that he supervises, which includes me. And uh, there's eight people in our department, and he spreads it out to try and get all of us involved in it somehow. Like, one guy will probably do the uh, uh, lower third designs and the FSG designs. When I say FSG, I mean the full screen graphics. Uh, I did a lot of the 3D designs, like the transitions and the um, opens, that anything that requires heavy 3D. What do, you, what do you guys use for 3D? I use Cinema 4D. We actually have a guy on staff that does Maya full-time. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And he deals with a lot of the Superbook stuff, and they do Maya. As far as process goes, how long does it usually take to do all that? Ooh, that's a good question. So, uh, the process would, uh, if you add up all the time it probably would be like three to six months or time but um because we wear so many hats we have to jump from one project to another project to another and throughout the day you might be working on three or four different projects it depends but uh, sometimes it could be like two or three different projects so you just fit in a little bit at a time but the span took about maybe a year or so um and the vp he was really patient with us and uh, he was really excited with the stuff that we would pitch we wanted to take the time Time to refine it and make it better. Um, with every revit, with every meeting, we would always have something to tweak up, and then with every critique, uh, we would either tweak or get something ready to go. Fast forwarding to actually launching the package, that involves a bunch of meetings with like the engineers, the directors, the producers. Um, to get them up to speed on how to use it. Like we would have to build it in the program that the producers use and uh, we would have to uh, plug everything into the control room so that directors are able to, able to fire it off. Um, That's some process yeah. right there. Wow. It's a very tedious process. In fact, for probably two months of getting that out there, getting it ready to go. We even developed a style guide. The launch date 
uh, went as smooth as butter, and we have a really fantastic product now um, sent awesome. out. Yeah, I hope that made sense. Thank you so much for breaking it down for us. Now, what do you guys yeah. use for project management? For project management, we've been using Google Calendar. We're trying to adopt some new programs. Like there are different departments that use. Uh, each department is pretty different. So, like one nice. department may use Asana, another part department may use Basecamp. It's mainly for internal stuff, but um, there's another program out there called Farmer's Wife. Apparently, that's uh, the entire ministry or the entire company uses. We're not on that, but that's a way to book an editor or an audio guide if you're creating a news story or a 700 Club piece. So, do you get to do a, a, any traveling with with your job? Yes, uh, once or twice a year, I get booked to work on something called the Partner Seminar for CBN. And that's where we gather the major donors of CBN. And uh, CBN is a nonprofit, and so we rely on donations. And some people donate more than others, and so we gather them together, and uh, we show them where their money is going and, like, what we're doing wow. with their money. Yeah. What I do for those Partner Seminars is um, – I gather the any presentations like keynotes or uh, videos or slideshows and try and organize it into the show structure. Like um, probably Saturday morning we'll have a keynote presentation and then a video presentation. I need to quality check those those things and make sure that they are good to go to be as good as possible. If there is even one small mistake, I will kick it back to make sure that it is that it is good. You know, working for the ministry, I've worked for Billy Graham. I worked for two other organizations as well before Billy Graham. Something I've noticed that there's not a lot of waste going on. I mean, they keep every penny accountable. That's what I appreciate about ministries. They're very good about that stuff. There's not much waste at all. People truly feel like they're working for God, you know, and that's that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. I, I find that interesting. Now, you talked about uh, making sure that no one mistakes. I'm just curious because with the live TV and all the stuff you guys do, have you ever made a mistake that went through live or anything like that? Too many times for me to count. Um, uh, (laughs) uh, I've done that before too. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's not. It's not. um, It's more like one of those scenarios where um, if you do something wrong, like say you create a graphic that has a spelling error, that's one common mistake. In if you ever like make graphics for CBN News, but. they end up getting fixed in the long term before they go to air. But if you send down a graphic that has like a quick little spelling error, they're usually pretty good at kicking it back to uh, get that fixed in time. When I say in time, it might be like 30 minutes before it's going to air. Wow. Um, and you have to uh, render it out and you have to make these changes. That's That can be pretty stressful. Yeah, yeah. But it's also a learning process in terms of like, okay, what can we do next time to make sure this doesn't happen again? What is the process? for that do you guys have checks and balances people that you know multiple sets of eyes i guess to look at things before they go live sure um so i'll bring up cbn news for example um the process starts with an email to our department and saying like hey we need a um a graphic showcasing the stats of i don't know millennials attending churches and um they'll give us a voiceover and we have to create an animation based on that voiceover sometimes we'll get direction on what to do um like uh, here are some bullet points to highlight. Here's a title to put in the graphic. It'll be like a three seconds graph, three to six or ten second graphic, and uh, we'll create it either within the day or within the week. We'll send back a version for critique to see if this is what they were, what uh, the producer or the anchor is looking for, and uh, then we'll send it to whoever editor 
uh, they booked. And um, from there, uh, it gets edited together, and uh, it'll be viewed by the committee. I'm not too familiar with who the committee is, but um, that's where they critique and make sure that it is, it is correct. So You know, it's, it can be pretty stressful, especially when you wear many hats. And mm-hmm. especially something, working for CBN, where you said you, you guys do wear many hats, I guess the more projects you work on, the more opportunity for spelling errors and things in that nature that you, you can make. I worked for ministry early on in my career and I remember it was I was a graphic designer for it we did a lot of print stuff mm. and man that's that one was more stressful right, right now I'm a web I, I did work for Billy Graham did web design for Billy Graham and you mm. know you make an error or something you can quickly fix it but if you make an error on a print like on a book or something like that on the title like one time we had we misspelled the author's name uh, <laughs> and like thousands of copies were printed now that's a that's a big problem it's hard to correct that one. Yeah, and and frankly, that's why we have a copy-paste policy. Send us the scripture you want in your graphic. Like, type it out so we can copy-paste it from your email. Send us the bullet points. Or the, send us the name so we can copy and paste it into your graphic. That way, we're not typing anything out. As you know, with this, uh, in design, like... Uh, designers, some more than others, uh, can be notorious for spelling errors. I, um, That's me. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, I, I look at the design. Like a lot of times, I worked on large copies of text, and people always ask me, "Like, do you read it?" I don't. I just look at it like from artistic side. I don't yeah. care. I don't really. Not that I don't care what it says. I don't have time to read two, three, four, five pages of things. Like especially when I was a print designer, and mm-hmm. so I don't really like. If you count on me checking for errors, no. So, but we we had a writer. It was her job to write content for us and then at the end she had to kind of double check our work to make mm-hmm. sure we didn't because the more text you have the more insecure I get man it's, it's, oh, so it's tough. tough it's definitely tough and uh, as you said you just like uh, you don't really read the text you just like more focused on the design and make sure it looks good like make sure that there's no orphans or no widows or uh, make sure that the text is laid out right and, and legible as legible yeah. too I look. I'm, I was looking at our statistics, our stats from the Ukramedia Facebook page and the Facebook group. I'm curious because like 87% or so are, are males in that group. Now, I feel like motion graphics, would you agree with me that it's mainly a male-dominated field? I agree. I definitely. In fact, uh, that's funny you mentioned that because uh, I'm with a department with uh, seven other guys and uh, I'm <laughs> the only girl in it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and we're like family. Um, I see them as three bro- as um, uh, seven brothers, and uh, I know some other people that are like they're like, they're female and work in motion graphics, and they're like either the only person in the department that's female, or um, they don't really feel the same respect sometimes. Um, not too much anymore, really, because of the talks that are happening in that field. But uh, well, and your work speaks louder than anything. You know, if if you're really good at what you do, nobody cares. If you're if you're male, female, or what country you're from. It's the same thing with like even college. Like nobody cares what college you come from. If your portfolio is amazing, people no. o- overlook all those technical things. I think I feel like anymore. I could be wrong, but yeah, I, I that's kind of how I feel, especially in the Christian world. And uh, people. No, I I actually that. asked my advisors about that back when in school. Like um, I was actually cautious about um, working for CBN, and uh, even after I accepted the position, I was still going anyway. But like I asked my my professor 
investors like, hey, um, um, I'm going to uh, work for a nonprofit and most of the world is a secular environment and some of the best work is secular. So like our creative director is going to see that and be like, oh, do, uh, do we actually want to hire her? But uh, they said no. Um, and, and frankly, like you just said, the work speaks for itself as well. So like they look at the work before they look at anything else. Like if I can do the job, that's what they that's all they care about. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because we at Billy Graham, for example, we have people, camera people that worked for CNN, like some of the best camera people in the world. We have producers, directors that work in movie industries. And so I, I think anymore, the Christian industry kind of cut up to the secular. I mm-hmm. feel like it, especially at Billy Graham, I feel like everyone's top notch. Even like the Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child, like they only hire the best of the best. Like if you work for Samaritan's Purse, you're, you're someone special. So I love that they stepped it up a notch. I'm, I'm sure it started out as pretty... Uh, you know, back in the eighties, I'm sure it was kind of not the best, but now I think the Christian world uh, or nonprofit world stepped it up big time. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to get into how and why did you get into motion graphics? Sure, sure. So I got into motion graphics uh, because visual effects was in the realm that I was supposed to be going into. <laughs> well, uh, that's a, that's uh, to admit, to sum that up. I was interested in pursuing visual effects more than I was motion graphics. Like back in high school, I was watching like the star, like the um, Transformers uh, movies and uh, seeing the whole big action Michael Bay lens flares and uh, more into the computer generated imagery uh, CGI stuff. That's what I was gonna. Uh, actually go to school for after speaking with my advisor and my professors and uh, what I want to do they actually found that what I'm ta- what I'm talking about is more in the motion graphics field and uh, with visual effects right now I could be wrong but um, right now the visual effects world is not too con- conducive uh, because uh, some people will be working for free some people would be working now that they're rates again full disclosure I'm not um, I, I have some good friends that are in the visual effects industry, and they're doing great. But um, as a safety, I pursued motion graphics more. So I did a lot of, like, rebrand projects back in school. I did a lot of 3D graph, uh, projects in school, too. And uh, that's how I diverted into the motion graphics industry. So, What do you... What would you say to someone just now starting into or wanting to get into motion graphics? What advice would you give to that person? Whew, um, try anything and everything. And back in school, they teach you to try and become a T person. When I say that, I mean the I part of the T, that that is your focus. That will be your bread and butter. And that I part for me is motion graphics. The, I forget, I forget what the term is or something, but like the indents of the T, the outer parts of the T, that's the section where you could also do this, like cinematography, um, graphic design, uh, web design, that type of stuff. Try and become that type of a person. So that means you need to get your feet wet into anything and everything that you possibly can be um, involved with. That's why school is, in my opinion, um, great for that. Um, I think it's great to study. I think Sergey and I both, this is what we did. We picked up projects from churches and stuff. If you join a church, there's plenty of work to do in the media side of things. That helped us tremendously. And I think all the churches will take you in and they'll put you on the volunteer teams. So many churches just here in Charlotte, mega churches that you can just walk in and be on their volunteer teams working with some of the most expensive video equipment and, and nobody will turn you away. So that's a, I think that helped us tremendously. And I think it will help anyone trying to get in, especially on the budget if you can't afford the software, the hardware and all that good stuff. What are some good habits to your success? Ooh, um, 
Um, I would say some of the good habits involve time management and organization. What do you use to balance or to manage your time and organize? Do you use any kind of apps or anything like that? Yes, I am a advocate for an app called Wonderlist. Um, it's, Heard of that one? Yeah, uh, I learned about a method called the GTD method, which is getting things done, and I've that's heard of that where. One too. Yeah, yeah. Ever since I heard about that, that pretty much saved my life from stress, from like forgetting anything and uh, organizing every aspect of my life. Now, walk me through it. So let's say you have a task, you, you ask a question. Now, is this important, not important, that kind of thing. So then you kind of delegate it. So it's kind of like a little process that you break it down, right? Something like that. But, the, but how it works is like you have different categories in your life. Like you have your home, you have your work, uh, you have like a shopping list. Uh, you could have a family, like I'll just, I'll just name the categories. I have personal uh, to-do list. I have a work to-do list. I have a freelance to-do list. I have a church to-do list because I'm helping my church make graphics as well. And, um, I also have a shopping list for like whenever I need to go, go get groceries in that list say something comes up where you have to get your oil changed. Okay, you put, you write the task in there, get oil changed, and then you write the subtasks of that of that task. So like call the repairman, schedule an appointment, take the car in. And um um as you get those little tasks done, then you can check mark off. Um by doing that type of a method, everything's not up here anymore, up in my head. Everything's not in my head, and it's a way to manage stress. Uh, I could send a link to the app. Yeah, that's great. I'll include it in the show notes for people that want to learn more about it. I use sure. workflowy.com. I don't know if you ever heard of them. No, it's, I've it's not. Awesome. Heard. It's no. kind of like Asana, but a more simplified version of Asana. I'm the same way. I love to just unload everything, do like a brain dump. Everything just what's on my mind just that's bothering me, like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. And I just like write it all out and then forget about it until the evening, and then I'll sit down and look and just delegate. Like, okay, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that Friday. You know, kind of just go through my list and assign different dates for different mm-hmm. things. Because if it's not on the calendar, it won't get done. That's what I Oh, mean. exactly. Exactly. I'm going to have to look that up because I'm looking for other apps and interested. Like, I actually use Asana right now for our church. Asana is great. I love it. Oh, it's great for delegating tasks. Yeah. And uh, I also use it uh, freelance-wise as well. I use it every single day. I start my morning with Asana. I have like a template that I copy-paste like for every day. And there are things that I include to do. Like, I always make sure to encourage my kids. Because I feel like encouragement is super important. I come up to my, my kids and I just make it a habit every day to say something that will feed into their confidence. Because if they don't hear it from you, they'll hear it from somebody else. And so it was very important for me growing up. So, But if it's not on the list, I'll forget about it. I have different things like I run a mile a day. I can't spend more time running, but if I run a mile a day, then, and I just, I like checking off things from a list. Like, okay, I ran one mile, I read one page a day of a book, just one page yeah. a day. But after 30 days, you know, you read 30 pages. That's not, not bad. So Most of the time I read a lot more than that. So, but it's good to start somewhere. So, but I have like a sauna templates that I, it breaks down all my things that I do every single day. It's very exciting. Like sometimes I add more things to it just, but it, I guess it's important not to overwhelm yourself with too many tasks. Now I'm, I'm curious to find out what's something you're not good at. Ooh. In terms of like um, skills to help my career, I definitely am not good at Octane. Uh, we recently switched from doing standard render in Cinema 4D uh, and Maya to using an Octane-based workflow. I'm still learning and I'm loving the program so far. I have a lot to do. And uh, in fact, on my home computer, I'm going to install it eventually and try and uh, do some more personal stuff on there. That's in terms of a skill level. In terms of a personal level, 
I'm definitely not good at uh, keeping up with an online presence. I'm the same here. I'm terrible. Like every day I have a reminder to go on Facebook, Ukraine Media Group and post things. Yeah, definitely. And like, um, it's especially in this industry, you're supposed to have a good online presence. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, it's like uh, going on Twitter, it's, it, can be a, it can be a little bit overwhelming. In fact, actually, uh, to put into context, I figure out what's actually important right now. And social media is the least important, in my opinion. And here's why. If I focus a little bit more on improving my skills, as opposed to trying to send a post out or or try and or um, spending an hour on social media I could take that hour and listen to a podcast I could take that hour and uh, read a blog or uh, try and catch up on a skill I'm trying to learn in fact while I'm working on my computer like doing something as simple as like rotoscoping or animating something that is like second nature I'll have like an episode of a show I'm watching on YouTube or something in the background, like the future, I'll put on like a Ukraine media tutorial in the background as well. Yeah. Yeah. What are some uh, podcasts you listen to? I listen to um, the future. It's a podcast by Chris Doe. um, And uh, it's, it's definitely probably one of my favorites. Another one that I've been listening to on and off is the Brograph uh, podcast. I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. They're more on the Cinema 4D and Octane and uh, technical type of stuff, and as well as just industry and stuff in general, too. Um, my second favorite, though, is the Grayscale Gorilla podcast. Those guys, uh, Nick Campbell, uh, Chris Schmidt, and uh, Chad Ashley, uh, I, I love the content that they're producing. Very talented guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely so. What about vlogs? Do you follow any vlog vloggers on YouTube? Um, I did follow Casey Nesta for a little bit. Um, the Nystead brothers are amazing. Like, I love their HBO stuff was amazing. Like, so if you can find their old stuff, I probably watched every single one back when he was on Daily. I yeah. love his stuff. What about mm-hmm. Peter McKinnon? I think is his name. I don't, I don't recall him, but I'll definitely look him up. Um, but uh, how about uh, Gary Vanderchuk? You, you know him? Oh, Gary V. Yeah, he's from my deck of the woods. Well, he's from Belarus, but Eastern Bloc. You know, he's Soviet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine introduced me to um, his uh, daily podcast, uh, the uh, Ask Gary V. And uh, um, I don't, I don't listen. To, I don't have time to listen to all of his episodes. And but like once in a while on YouTube, I'll find like a different posting. Or I follow him on Instagram, and he gives some great tips on um, like time management and uh, like figuring out what to focus on. He's definitely the kind of guy you want to listen to if you want motivation. He will get, oh. he'll get you that motivation that you need. Now, what's something that you're excited about? today uh i got to clean my apartment today so that got <laughs> me <laughs> well it's something about a clean apartment for me where it's like hey my day my day can start now i'm ready to go type of thing mainly i'm actually going to go back to cbn in a little bit probably to keep working on a, a rotoscoping project that we're working on for a documentary coming up the documentary is called to life and it's about how israeli volunteers are changing the world and uh, oh, and, nice. uh in terms of, yeah when is that coming out uh sometime i would i'm guessing sometime this fall i don't remember offhand but where can we find it will it be on the cbn.com uh, website oh yeah it will be um there is a trailer out at the moment uh so i can link that to you uh, yeah please do i'll include it in the show notes now um how can people get in touch with you they can get in touch with me on Twitter at Amy Bruss, on Facebook at Amy Bruss 3D. You can also reach me on Instagram at Amy Bruss, or you can even email me, amybruss at gmail.com. All right, Amy. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Vlad. 
All right, Ukrimedia family, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amy Bruss. Amy, thank you so much for your time. And if you would like to reach out to Amy, her email address is amybruss at gmail.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are available on our website at ukramedia.com slash two. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can apply at ukramedia.com slash apply. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes and please leave a review. That will help out tremendously. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukramedia Podcast. Bye-bye.